Welcome to episode 173 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week, the podcast is also available on YouTube with videos. So if you want to go check out Women of the Military on YouTube, you can watch the video of this panel interview. And I also want to say thank you to Savio Coding Bootcamp for sponsoring this week's episode. I'm really excited to introduce to you three women who are working to tell the stories of women and talking about why it's so important to tell these stories. Melissa Washington, Lila Hawley, and Rahale Nasri are all storytellers, and they each tell stories of women in a different way through magazine, podcasting, storytelling, and books, and we discuss why and how and what they're doing and why it's important. Women of the Military Podcast would like to thank Sabio Coding Bootcamp for sponsoring this week's episode. Sabio Coding Bootcamp is a top-ranked coding bootcamp that is 100% dedicated to helping smart and highly motivated individuals become exceptional software engineers. Visit their website at www.sabio.la to learn how you may be able to use your GI Bill of Benefits to train at Sabio. Your tuition and monthly BAH stipend may be paid during your training period. They are also 100% committed in helping you find your first job in tech. So don't forget to head over to www.sabio.la to learn more. And now let's get started with this week's interview. Welcome to Women of the Military Podcast. We're doing a panel focusing on women who are telling the stories of women. So I'm really excited to have my panelist guest here, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So let's start with Melissa first. Thank you, Amanda. Melissa Washington. I'm a Navy veteran, and I've also been married to Marine now for 27 years. So being a veteran as well as a military spouse. And seven years ago, I got about 20 women together at a Mexican restaurant here in Sacramento, California, which started Women Veterans Alliance. And we are now a nationwide organization. In addition to founding Women Veterans Alliance, I'm also the founder of Women Veterans Giving, which is our nonprofit partner, and recently a co-publisher and founder of Women Veterans Magazine. And I'm very happy to be here. My name is Lila Holly. I am an Army veteran and also an uh, Army veteran spouse as well, but more so an Army veteran. <laughs> I served 22 years active duty, right? So I got to take credit for that. And since retiring, I have had the awesome pleasure of telling the stories of women veterans through my organization and books, Camouflage Sisters. We just released our eighth publication and we have told the stories of over 140 women affiliated with the military. And I'm super proud of the work that we have been able to do. Hi, I'm Rahale Nasri, and I am not a veteran, and I'm not married to a veteran either. <laughs> but I do tell stories about women, and particularly women who have done some violence, whether it is because they were asked to in the military, or just to be able to carry out the things that they wanted to carry out. And so right now I have a podcast called Violent Thumb. And I look at different women in history who have been overlooked or villainized because of some of the violence that they did that were probably very similar to some of the things that men do, but are considered heroes. Whereas if it's a woman who's done it, they are sometimes villainized or completely erased from the history books or overlooked in some way. So that's what I'm doing right now. And it's a narrative podcast. So it's a storytelling podcast. It's not 
Q&A or anything like that. But so I'm telling those stories. Yeah, I asked all of you guys here because you're all doing a different aspect of telling the stories. And I really enjoy Violent Femme, the podcast, because it's just I put it on in the background while I'm working and I listen to the stories and I'm like, these women are amazing. And it's different than women of the military because that's me interviewing people and telling their stories. So I really enjoy hearing those stories. And then I'm just excited to have all of you guys here and to dive more into these questions. So the first question I want to ask is what led you on the path you're on today? And Melissa, you talked about you guys had uh, 20 women and and that was where it started, but it's grown a lot since then. And what big milestones happened along the way? So, so with that, so now I'll just backtrack to why I started it. The reason why I started it is I was looking for opportunity to network with other women veterans in more of a professional setting. Um, and as we all know, most of the veteran organizations, the traditional ones, are a bunch of old guys, and that's not what I was looking for. I wanted the opportunity to network with other women, so I'm like, I'll just start my own group. Which again, that was only that was the intent. This was just going to be a, a local group. I didn't realize the need. Until I started talking to women, then I'm like, oh my gosh, there is such a need for this connectivity piece, this collaboration with others, because so many women, you know, when they leave the service, a lot of them are just disconnected or they just don't, you know, they may not want to be connected. They just don't know how or what. So having this and then it just continued to grow. I mean, it then all of a sudden, you know, now it's now we need a Facebook group. Now we need a website and just kept, okay, now we need, now it's this. So it wasn't like I was just creating, I was creating new things, but it was based upon the need with that. And then, you know, a year later, we had the the unconference, which, you know, we just had our sixth one last year in Las Vegas, you know, and that's opportunity to bring women together to be able to connect them with each other and resources, which we do on a daily basis, but be able to bring that, at, you know, more of mass at scale with that. And that's kind of how it just keeps going. I mean, with the magazine, with the um, starting the nonprofit and having, you know, the small business or it's based upon the need and listening to others and really understanding what the need is out there and how I can help fill that need, whether it's me starting that need or collaborating with others to fill that need. And one quick follow-up question. What led you to start the magazine? You have your organization, you do all the events and the networking. What led you to start the magazine? Well, the first couple of years when I started Women Veterans, this was like on my list, right? We all have our like, I wish I could do this, but I don't have, I don't have any published experience. Granted, I, I wrote a book and I published a book, but that's a lot different than a magazine. And the time wasn't right. Um, the time was right last year of, you know, being able to collaborate with um, Christina Wilkinson, who also um, publishes another magazine. So here I have, I've got the resources, the networking the information. She's got the publishing. So it's just like, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to everything that we do to be able to bring a print and digital publication, you know, state by state for our women veterans. What started me on my way was the transition after those 22 years of active duty service. As you guys know, that transition is um, very emotional. And so for me, I kind of got hung up in that transition, struggled a little bit, and was trying to figure out how to maneuver through that tough time. And so I took to what I knew, and that was journaling. I started journaling just to get the feelings out and trying to process everything, you know? Um, And so I got to thinking about who else was struggling with this. I got to thinking, like, this can't just be me. This has to be, like, part of the journey. And so I ended up with those journal entries, publishing, self-publishing my first book, Battle Buddy, to help other veterans maneuver through that 
emotional transition of leaving the military. And then during that time, I also volunteered a lot and talked to another, a lot of other women veterans and found that, yeah, that was, that's part of the process. You got to push through, you know, we all struggle a little bit, but we eventually make it through. It's part of our story. And I, I learned like Melissa, like they have some amazing stories when you get to talking to women veterans, they just have amazing stories. And so I started looking for books and I was like, well, who's telling these stories? It's definitely not us. Like there weren't, there weren't any books out there. They're not, they're not, they weren't being captured. And, and, you know, like you all know, we, women have accomplished some amazing things in their lives and their military careers. And so I was introduced to my publisher I told her the idea of doing one book, (laughs) just wanted to, you know, share the writing experience. And I knew that there were, you know, health and healing benefits to writing with other women. She thought it was incredible. And she just was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And when I started asking and started getting yeses, I was like, oh, wow, we've really hit on something here. And so when the first book came out, it was just so well received by the community as a whole, and then outside of our community as well, like women and, and individuals are just like, this is great what you're doing, capturing you guys' stories. Like we don't hear these stories. We don't hear them from a woman's perspective. So I knew we was on to something big. And like I said, it started with just one book. The only thing I really had in my mind was to do the one book. Then I took it on the road. And, I, and like Melissa, once you start talking to other women veterans and you see that there's a need, it's like, hey, I got to go back and do this again and again and again. And here we are eight books later. And each time I put a call out for co-authors, the women show up and they really, really leave their hearts on the pages. And not only that, the process of writing, as you all know, is so healing for the writer, but it's also healing for the readers. And the women who read our books, they connect with the stories. They connect with our sisterhood because we are them and they are us. We, we, we even though, you know, you, you served in the Air Force, Melissa in the Navy, there's so many things that overlap in our stories, the struggles that we endured and came through in our military career. So it connects us. It's it's our service that connects us, but it's our sister, it's our stories that really make us a sisterhood. And so it's been an incredible journey. And just hearing these stories, not even, even the stories like outside of the books that didn't make it to the books have been so inspirational to me on this journey. I'm just so proud of us as women veterans, just excited about what we've been able to create with Camouflage Sisters. So I have worked in theater most of my life. And so I'm a storyteller. I was an actress and a director and then finally a writer. And much of the theater that I did was political in nature, whether it was about global politics or, you know, so it's related to a lot of different things that I was passionate about. And so when the pandemic hit, you couldn't do any more theater. And I hadn't been doing theater for a while because I had a child. So I decided to tell these stories through podcasting. And I picked these stories because one of the things that I care about is the advancement of women, the number of women who are in positions of power and gender parity. I feel like in the past 40 years, I feel like it's just been very, very slow. And I don't know why that has been. And I was trying to sort of think of ways that we could look at it differently. And one of the things that I came up with for myself, I thought, well, a lot of times when we're asking for more power, we are actually portraying ourselves as victims. It's like, we're not getting this. We're being abused. We're being, and nobody wants to give power to people they see as victims. Whereas men, I feel like 
you know, throughout human history, they have gotten all these stories that tell them that they can be heroes. And it doesn't matter what they do. They can make a lot of mistakes. They can do terrible things and they can always redeem themselves. But women don't really get that. The stories that we get most often, and I'm sure you understand that being in the military, because it's it's not as acceptable for women to be powerful, to be strong, to be aggressive, to take charge, to do these things. And that's the kind of human I want to be. And that's what I relate to. I don't relate to stories of female sainthood. So I wanted to tell the stories that I didn't see and the kind of stories that I thought would help actually give women the freedom to make mistakes, to do, you know, I think there's so many stories about women who falter and then they're ruined. You know, if you make a mistake, you get pregnant, you do something wrong as a woman, you are screwed. Or at least that's what you're told. The men don't get those stories. They get stories where they can always redeem themselves. The redemption story doesn't really exist in anything, whether it's like actual history or literature or on the screen, it doesn't exist. Whereas it's like a huge story. And in, in fact, a good story the hero is flawed. The reason sometimes they do stories about women and they're like, well, nobody likes these stories. They're not interesting. Yeah, they're not interesting because they're not real because you're not really showing real women. You're showing some sort of saint that doesn't exist. So I thought that I wanted to tell the kind of stories that I want to see about women. And they're complex and they're not always good. And but they can also be heroes in the end. So yeah, I love how all three of you are telling stories in different ways, but we're all empowering women to be inspired by the stories of the women who are sharing their stories, either from history or from present day. And I, I just really, I really love that. That leads into my next question, which is why is it important for us to tell these stories? So, you know, so with telling stories, it helps us build a lot of the trust, right? And the rapport with others. So like, for example, if I came and if I if I didn't serve, how I mean, and I started the organization, I think, well, I know having served, it builds that trust and rapport with those women that have, have served. And again, you know, like Lila mentioned, regardless of which branch we're in, we, there's, there's a commonality piece. And it's so important to tell that and to be able to motivate and inspire others. And I'll let Lila get into the healing part, because that's, I know a lot where hers comes from with, you know, the, the journaling and that, that stuff. But, you know, for us to tell our story and, and to show, to be vulnerable. And I think that's something we all need to work on, especially as women. You know, we don't want to show that that vulnerability and, and we can do that through our storytelling and that we're human just like everybody else. Like I said, hopefully it'll inspire someone else to like, okay, well, she, she can do it. Maybe I can do it as well. Yeah, vulnerability and the inspiration. I mean, my podcast is all about inspiring the next generation to serve. So that makes a lot of sense. And one quick other thing too is, for us to share information, right? Because again, going back to the whole women part, we don't want to share somebody else because we don't want someone else to might be better than us because we give them something that we have. But just think if all of us opened up to share what we have, how much we can be just better as a community, as a society to be able to do that. And I think that's where storytelling comes in too, as, as part of being a better community. And you said a key word there, Melissa, vulnerability. We don't like that word as military women. <laughs> so to share our stories, it puts us in a vulnerable place. It's very, um, very uncomfortable. But like you said, I feel like the healing aspect of it 
overrides that vulnerability. And then, like you said, knowing that others will be inspired or even be motivated to seek out their own healing from you sharing their story is really it really the driving force behind us sharing our stories. I really like what Rahale said about telling our stories in the way we want to tell our stories. And that's what my whole purpose was with Camouflage Sisters. We tell the real story. <laughs> we tell the ugly truth and we tell our story of redemption. And, and it was important for me to make sure that the women, when you're telling your truth, you tell your lessons learned. You tell how you overcame that thing and you tell the reader, because it's going to be other women just like you, what that journey looked like to reach that healing point in on your journey, because they need to know. They need to know it's ugly. They need to know it's hard. They need to know it can be done though. And so that's why we have to tell the real story. Our pillars for Camouflage Sisters are sharing. We're sharing our stories, revealing. We're revealing our truths and we're healing because of that. We're healing because we're sharing our stories. And and I really love what she said about telling our stories in our own way. And that was my main purpose with Camouflage Sisters. I give the ladies freedom to write their story in their own words. A lot of times we don't get that flexibility. We don't get that freedom. And it has also inspired me to create other story platforms, other things that I'm working on for the future, just like what she mentioned, to tell our stories, tell stories of flawed feminine heroes, but they're they're strong women and they're and they're doing amazing things, but they have flaws just like any other hero. And why can't we be like that? That's that's the real human woman. Like that's that's us. We're all not a size four. The average woman is probably a size 12 to 14. Like, come on, let's let's break these stereotypes and let women really live and thrive. And that's why telling our stories is so important. I just want to follow up on what you just said, because I think women have to tell women's stories the way that they want to tell them. And I think one of the reasons this is important is because, first of all, we're underrepresented. There aren't enough women's stories, all kinds of women's stories, but also up until, you know, recent years, most of our stories have been told by men. That's why we've been portrayed as saints and flawless, because that's what they wanted from us. That is the expectation they wanted. So that's what the ideal was painted for us. That's why we don't get the, these heroic stories, because they didn't want the women to be heroes. They wanted the men to be heroes in these stories. And if there was a hero and she was able to defeat a man, that was also you know, brushed under the rug because they don't want to be seen as someone who has been defeated by a woman, no less. So I think all of that is just so much missing. There are so many stories, there's so many lives that we don't get to see because even when it has been portrayed, it has been generally, for the most part, I know there are, you know, there's so many responses sometimes they get, they're like, oh, it's 2022, things have changed. No, they haven't changed much and they haven't changed enough. And so in order to show the complexity of women's lives and also like what Melissa was saying, it's important for them to be told so that people can share information. Like there's so many things about even womanhood that I feel like there should have been a million stories out there for me that I just didn't know. I didn't know about until I come across it. 
you know, you know, we don't know about lots of different stages in our lives because women don't share as much because it's seen as unseemly to share these things. And I think we have to sort of wipe away that sense that, you know, this is ugly. This is not, you know, women's menstruation, menopause, all this stuff is, is not okay. I've always like just talked about it. And what I hate is that it has to end up being shocking to somebody. It shouldn't be shocking. It's a part of our lives. I think the representation matters and as much more of it as we can get. Yeah, that was great. I loved how you guys all touched on like the vulnerability piece and then the importance of the stories and how much they matter for representation. So that was great. I loved it. So the next question is, what is the process for telling the stories that you've been telling? So you each have a different area of focus, like a magazine is very different than writing a book and a podcast. So what is the process that you go through to tell these stories? So with me, and I'm just going to put a quick plug in because I have a new book that I collaborated on to tell my story. So I was invited to collaborate with 21 other women, and there's only two women veterans in the whole book. And so I get to have a chapter on perseverance telling my story, how, you know, I built and empowered the community, which Women Veterans Alliance. And one of the reasons I wanted to tell this story is I wanted to start telling our story outside of our own community, right? We're, we're doing good things in our community. Now let's, I want to get it outside of our community. I want to bring that, that awareness. And also too, as we look at the narrative, right? And we, especially as women veterans, we know just even just the veteran narrative can be so negative. So I think it's so important for us to tell our stories about that. So that was just a quick plug for myself on my personal storytelling. But also, I want to use my platform, use my connections, use what I have to be able to help other women share their stories. And one of the ways that I do that is through our unconference, which um, Amanda and Lila, both of you have experienced the unconference. So it's, you know, giving women the opportunity to come and speak to be presenters there, to be um, the opportunity to connect with others. And again, having that experience to to do so. And also, you know, we have our Wednesday webinar series, which will launch Wednesday, the first Wednesday of March. Again, giving women veterans opportunity to tell their stories. It's not just selling their business. Some women may not, some women not even have a business. They just want it. They want the opportunity to share their story to inspire others. And, And I want to be able to give them the opportunity to, again, use what I have and let me, let me be that portal to help and, you know, amplify her and, and empower her. And that's, you know, and that's exactly what we do. And also another thing is on our website, on our, which both of you are in our store and both of you have sold books in our store, we have the opportunity for women veteran authors to sell their books in our store. You know, again, let us help amplify, you know, what you're doing, create another sales funnel, another channel. As you know, writing books is pretty emotional, actually, <laughs> writing a book. And like I mentioned earlier, being allowing yourself to be vulnerable to tell your story because our camouflage sisters anthologies are our real life stories. Like these are our real life stories that we lived through, you know? And what's always amazing to me is that we always have women who share a piece of their story that they've never shared before, like surviving domestic violence or a sexual assault or some type of traumatic event in their life, trying to fit into the boys club or, you know, being passed over for promotion or whatever, whatever their story is, they, have chosen to tell in our Behind the Rank series, I've given them free reign to tell that story. We have five books in that series. And then in our Camouflage Sisters series, we have three topic books. So we have a book on 
the Black Woman's Story of Service, and we focus heavily on mentorship in that book. That's our first book. We have Silent No More, which talks about surviving traumatic experiences. And then we have our leadership book, which tells the stories of senior leaders. And so it's always interesting for the ladies to see their words come back to them. <laughs> and they're very, they've, they're very emotional behind it because they, you know, once I go through my initial edit with them and, um, we get it to probably the 90, 95% solution before we send it off to our editor. They're very emotional because it's, it's, they're, they're really, like you mentioned earlier, they're, they're really putting themselves in a vulnerable position to tell this piece of their story. And it's only one chapter, but it's still, uh, it's still their story. You know, it's still them opening them, opening themselves up for the world to see. This is what I experienced. This is what I survived through. This is how I dealt with it. And this is what I learned from it. And I'm still standing. And that's the main thing. That's what I remind them of is you're still standing and you're still here to tell this story. And just if one person inbox you and says, thank you, thank you for sharing that. You just gave me the courage to leave this abusive relationship. You just gave me the courage to go seek mental health services to to get through what I experienced in my military career, whatever. It's worth it. Like those are the women that we write for. And so during the process, I always remind my co-authors that like, think of the woman that you're writing for. She's going to inbox you. She might not, you know, toot your horn loud and proud on social media, but she's going to be the one to inbox you and say, hey. Thank you so much. Your story really, really touched me in this special way. And I found the courage to find my own healing. And so that's why we write. That's what we, that's who we write for. It helps us as well as women. Like she mentioned, I was over here laughing because she was talking about things that we should know about. Rahale uh, mentioned those topics that we don't talk about, that we should be talking about. And when I came up on menopause, I was like, why didn't anybody warn me? I'm going through the early stages, but still, you know, it's a journey. And we, as women, need to be able to talk about these things. And so what we do with Camouflage Sisters is not just books. It's an actual community that we've created now. We meet once a month and we have our sisterhood chat. We focus heavily on self-care because as women, you know, a lot of times we put everybody else's needs and priorities before our own. And we don't do a good job of taking care of ourselves. So we really, really harp heavily on self-care during our sisterhood chats. And it's our safe space to vent and laugh at ourselves and talk about those topics that, you know, are kind of taboo to talk about in the restaurant, (laughs) in open public forum. (laughs) So we do talk about, you know, challenges in our mother-daughter relationship. We talk about you know, those women change, those changes as we transition through womanhood. And, and we talk about a lot of different things, but we do talk heavily about self-care and what it means to take care of ourselves. And so, yeah, we have to create spaces for us to tell all our, all of our story. Like uh, we as women are, we're so layered and there's so many dynamics to our story. Uh, One chapter in a book is not going to cover it all. So continue to stay connected to, I would challenge your listeners to stay, continue to stay connected to a sisterhood of women who understand you, understand what you've been through, understand your journey, a place where you have, where you feel safe sharing your story. Make sure that um, they're creating that space for you and a place where, you know, you're going to be free to be you. That's one thing that I really, really pride myself on when we get together as camouflage sisters, because we before the pandemic, we used to get together and march in the National Memorial Day Parade, and we'll be able to do that again this year. 
And every time we got together, it was just amazing to see the groups that connected it within, like a, a Marine and a Navy woman would get together and two Army women would connect and never served together or never met each other before. But they just find something that connects them. And it was just so beautiful to see the ladies come together in that manner. And so we don't get hung up on rank. We don't get hung up on your branch of service. We crack our jokes now. We we do clown each other, but we don't get hung up. No, no, no branch of service is any better than the other. You know, nobody's experiences, experiences is any higher than the other. We're all women at that point. We're all women. We're all women who served and we come together in support of each other. And it's just a wonderful, it's just a wonderful thing to see and just a beautiful experience for me. So I feel so fortunate to have this platform to be able to create these different levels and different opportunities for us to share our stories. It started with the books, but it has grown to so much more. And I'm just so, so honored to be a part of this sisterhood with these women. Yeah, I love hearing how it started with books and then it turned into a community. And it's cool that it's just the beginning of you start with one thing and then it grows. Rahale. The process. First, picking some women. I have a huge list of women on it, many in the military or who some of it was so long ago, like there's like 600 BC woman, Tomras, who was a military woman. She was a queen, but she also led the army. But yeah, I picked the women. And then I, so I did four for the first series and I have four more coming in the spring. It's a long process because I have to do a lot of historical research. And I also have to sort of figure out what what about the history is actually wrong? What What is it that is actually propaganda that, you know, white men wrote? <laughs> because you know, these are about women from all over the world. And but the history was written usually by, you know, British white men. So I have to figure out what is true and what is not true and what might have been the actual truth. They're sort of like, I think of them as mini movies because I tell the story like a storyteller and sometimes I act out different parts. But for me, it's like a film, but an audio version from beginning to end and takes a lot of work. So I write the story first and then I have to record it and and then there's some post-production. I think for me, the initial choice of the women is also really important because I want to, at the end of each episode, I have this commentary that sort of brings it into the present for us and how it relates and why the story is important today. Like, for instance, you know, Tumrus, who defeated Cyrus the Great, nobody really knows about her. And she defeated and killed somebody who was the leader of the free world in his time, you know, the Persian Empire at that time. And like Stephanie St. Clair was this woman from Harlem in the 1920s who fought against bullying cops in that period. Like she used the media in essence, to publish newspaper articles and ads to call out police officers who were taking bribes or mistreating people of her race. Ching Shi, who was this pirate who was 
as far as I can tell, the most successful pirate in the history of the world had like 80,000 men and 1,800 ships, more than any. And I've never even heard of this pirate. She ran it like a business. And so I sort of bring it to the present by talking about like, what size the company would it be today? Because it, she had like subsidiaries and joint ventures. She, you know, was negotiating with the, the British government, the Chinese government, like as if she was her own nation. And nobody really knows much about her. <laughs> and I bring it to the present by talking about the size of company that it would be. It would be the size of Google or Delta today. And that's what I want to do with all of the stories, I guess. That's part of the process in making the choice. Somebody who didn't just commit violence, but is could be lauded or a hero in some way and also connected to something that is going on in our lives and sort of highlighting the fact that things haven't changed that much. And if we knew these stories, if we knew more about the stories, that maybe we wouldn't make the same mistakes over and over. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important that we know the stories of women because it'll help empower the next generation of women and it'll help us to not make the same mistakes that we've made in the past because especially the past that we didn't know the history I mean I listened to mostly almost all the podcast episodes and I was like I don't know any of these women and they they have these amazing stories and so I really agree what is something that you've gained from telling the stories of women that you didn't expect to happen when you started this journey I guess a lot of it's just understanding the the similarities, but I mean, bottom line for me, it's friendships. I mean, the friendships that I've gained from doing this, I think a lot of it's just unexpected, right? You don't expect to start something by telling your story that you're going to gain friends from them, however that level of friendship that is. And, you know, and to go back to what Lila was saying, you know, yeah, you know, you get those people that tout you on social media, but I'm telling you the most powerful ones come from that text or that email someone says. It says, you know what, I just saw you speak or I just read your something and how powerful that is. And those are the ones you remember, those. And that's kind of one of those unexpected things that you get from being able, to, from telling your story or just that hearing that you shared something and now somebody else is doing something because they heard what you've done. I mean, yeah, yeah it changed the way they think, but now they've actually taken action, right? And, and to do that, and that's... Actually, it just gives me goosebumps because I, I just start to think of things that have and people have shared with me and things that have happened because of that. And now you've you've empowered them, and now they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna continue, right? And that's again making sure we're having those those stories so people do know and they and, and they know the truth, right? It's not something that's been changed or or changed so it could be better for public consumption. Yeah. So not only is telling stories important, but us telling the stories of women inspires women to take action or to to do things that they hear about and be inspired. So it's a ripple effect. What about you, Lila? Well, I've gained this amazing sisterhood, actually. It, it has grown and grown and grown. And I served 22 years. I had a, a long career. I knew a lot of amazing leaders during that time. But the, the growth of my network after leaving and because of what I'm doing with Camouflage Sisters has grown so much and it's been incredible. I met Melissa. I, I've been inspired by her and what she's doing out there in California. 
like a real cheerleader for her <laughs> and, and our friendship has grown too. And you too, Amanda, meeting you and watching what you're doing and being inspired by you as well and supporting you and what you're doing. Like to me, that means a lot to me and having the same come from you all as well. You know, a, a, a lot of times the Camouflage Sisters, they'll cheer me on and talk about everything I've done for them. And, and I tell them all the time, I say, you guys say that and I appreciate the kudos. I really do. I don't, I don't minimize them at all. I said, but you guys have, I mean, I let them know you do so much more for me than what you give me credit for, for doing for you. I may not even be able to put it into words sometimes. It, it, it just, they do so much for me to first be accepted into the sisterhood, to be, you know, a valued partner on this journey with them, to be called their sister in arms, just, you know, just to have the the stories that we could sit and and chat together and laugh over like me and Melissa, we get together. We always find something funny to laugh about in our, in our career and, and on this entrepreneur journey. And, and it's just, those are the times that I cherish the most, you know, I, I cherish them. I cherish them all, but you know, those intimate times with the ladies, with the, the, you know, when they, they're telling me how much I mean to them, but I also get the opportunity to tell them how much they mean to me as well. It wasn't, wasn't surprising, but I guess it was surprising how emotional it makes me. Yeah, I mean, it's along the same lines. I think what's really surprising to me is how starved women are for stories where like you're glorifying women and not just like perfect women, but glorifying really messy women with messy lives. And you were talking about it, Lila, about the inbox, you know, getting messages from people who have such a visceral connection to it and emotional reaction. Like, and I can understand that because I I remember the few moments when I've seen women on film or something do something great or like represent humanity in a way that most of the time it's a man doing it. So I think that's been really surprising how how much they need it. And then on the heels of that, it's then having a sense of obligation to do more, to create more, to tell more of these stories, because there's so many of them. But you know, for me, it's a lot of work and it takes time and, and I want to do it. But I feel now a sense of obligation to do it because, you know, who else is going to do it? Even if so many other women do it, it's still not enough right now. I don't know that we'll ever have enough. And so for me, it's in a sense, a goal to like overcorrect because we're never actually going to overcorrect. But if we shoot for that, maybe we'll get somewhere in between. Yeah. And that goes really good into my last question, which is what advice would you give to someone who is thinking about either telling their story or telling someone else's story? What advice would you give them? A lot of it has been talked about in terms of being vulnerable and we, you know, being messy, allowing yourself to be, if see the, the problem we have a lot of times is because a lot of the stories that women are told is that you can't make any mistakes. It's hard to share these stories because we don't want to make mistakes when we do it. Whereas men have been conditioned to be able to make so many mistakes. They're like groomed for everything. And for everything, they're allowed to make mistakes because in order to achieve the things that they need to achieve, they're, they're expected to make those mistakes. And women are not. So the way to go about it is to make women feel that they can make the mistakes 
and not worry about being judged and telling these stories. And it's a, it's a really difficult thing to convey because we've been conditioned in such an opposite way. But I think just be fearless and don't worry about what other people think. Honestly, what people think generally has to do more with them than with you. So just put it out there. Anything anybody thinks negatively about you says a lot more about them than it does about you. And it's a hard thing to learn, but it's the truth. That's so true. Well, I'm glad you read before me because I I concur with 100% of everything that exactly what you have said, you know, whether it's the being fearless or us being conditioned, but as you can start to see stronger women, more women, you know, women of color, just, you know, it's, it's, it's there. I mean, and this is, whether you want to call it the movement, you know, we've been in that, but just, so my advice would be find someone, right? But also, too, don't say, well, I'm not going to connect with her because she's, you know, a best-selling author. Well, that's, you know, that's fine. But just, but guess what? We all started somewhere. We all just didn't, you know, we just didn't pop out the womb and we're, you know, the superstar already kind of thing. So it's like, we've all started somewhere. And you have to think of people like that when you do want to find someone to connect with. And, you know, whether it's writing a book or writing a blog or doing a podcast, I mean, there's so many different avenues we have to be able to tell our story. And, you know, we've all had that experience, right? It started here and then one other thing led to another and led to another. We all all start somewhere, start making those connections. I absolutely agree with both of you. (laughs) And I chuckled a a little bit too, especially when Melissa was talking because I always get that. Oh, I didn't want to connect with you, boo, because this, that, and the other. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm just the nicest person you're going to meet. Now, maybe not the nicest person, but I am pretty nice. But I, I, I always tell people, like Melissa said, make the connection, reach out. You never know what. It's amazing to me when you ask the question or tell somebody what you're wanting to do, how willing people are to give you advice or you know share their experiences on their journey or share resources with you. That's going to make it a little bit easier. Like we don't go through this for our own, your story and your, and your journey, your experiences are not just for you. They're for you to share with the world, you know, for those who want to go behind you, for our daughters, share them with our daughters. You know, my daughter watches me all the time and she's like, she gives, she's in college now and the feedback she gave me, we just went through a brand refresh for Camouflage Sisters and I was a little concerned because I was like, oh, I don't want it to be too girly, too feminine. You know, my brand manager, she was like, oh, come on, just embrace the new look. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and my daughter was like, you know, I really like the new website. I really... Love it because, you know, women in the military are always made to be strong and this and that and no, 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 no softness to them or no feminine to them or whatever. And Camouflage Sister gives the exact mix that is needed for women to feel like women, but still feel strong in their from their military experience. And I was like, wow, thanks for that feedback because I was struggling there. And, you know, she gave me what I needed and me being an example for her is giving her what she's needing. And she is like she has her whole education plan and her whole life planned ahead of her. And and I'm so proud of her and like, she's fearless and I'm just so inspired by her. And so for us to step out there, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to have days where you're afraid or 
I know I've been into Melissa plenty of times with, you know, fear or frustration or whatever, wondering if anybody hears me yelling from the rooftop. But, you know, those are though I'm, I'm happy for the connection because she encourages me. I encourage her and we lift each other up. And so you got to make connections. You got to do it afraid. And like uh, Rahale said, it's needed. It's necessary. I just signed up for her podcast. I'm I'm so excited to be start listening to them because I'm like I wrote down names. I'm like, who are these women she's talking about? I can't wait to start listening to them because I want to be inspired by them. I want to hear their stories. I sent the link to my daughter, <laughs> and so this is why we do this because, and this is why it's needed because. We get excited to hear about us. We get excited to hear about what we're doing. We, I got excited when Amanda even thought of me to be a part of this panel discussion. Like our stories are important. And we as women have to let women know <laughs> that your story is important. My story is important. Our collective stories as women are important to share. And so I'm super just so humbled to be a part of this panel discussion and just to learn about what everybody's doing and and be able to support you in in your efforts and and in your journey. So thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this discussion. I think it's been really good. We've gotten so many different perspectives, past history, different ways of telling stories. And I hope that if you're listening, you're encouraged to tell your story or listen, read, find, connect with Melissa, Lila, and Rahale. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If this is your first time listening to Women of the Military podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes on the podcast. There are so many episodes and stories of women who've served in the military who can inspire you at whatever stage of the journey you're in, joining, serving, leaving the military, or just learning about the women who have served in the military. If you want to support Women of the Military podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash women of the military and if you enjoyed women of the military podcast please leave a review on your favorite podcast app to help the podcast grow and reach more women who are considering military service